Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's check out where everybody gets settled in. One thing I'm telling you about, about this life, the Bible is so true when it tells you to walk by faith and not by sight. Is the, when I tell you the Father is, is, he's a master at training you to listen to his word, to listen to his voice, we often, um, and this is what my message is all about, since I've been teaching on the uh, transplant series, the heart transplant, and about, you know, the, him giving, taking away the heart of stone and giving us a heart of flesh, and the whole purpose of him doing this thing is so that we can absorb Okay, so that we can absorb his scriptures. If he said, if he said, I would never leave you or forsake you, or if he says walk by faith and not by sight, we have to get to a place where that becomes how we think. Amen. That's, I, I, it's difficult, right? It's difficult. And, and the reason why it's difficult is because we never see the test. That is, we never see the test. In the natural, we know when there's a test. The paper is laid out before us. We have the, they tell us if we can use a pencil or a pen, but in the spirit, we never know when the test is coming. It just happens. I don't think when Jesus was pushed into the, when he was sent into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, I don't think he was told that, okay, in two months, I'm gonna send you into the wilderness I'm going to put you on a 40-day fast, and I'm going to allow Satan to constantly tempt you and test you. I don't think it was a schedule. I don't think he had a schedule. I don't think that was scheduled. I think it just happened. And that's how, the same thing happens to us every single day. We go through these tests, and he allows us to go through it. He allows us to go through it. Uh, turn the music down just a little bit. He allows us to go through it. Turn me up a little bit. The purple one, term, the uh, purple. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And he allows us to go through it down just a little bit. He, he allows us to go through it, okay? Because he knows what he's working in us. He knows, he, he knows even today. Turn me down just a little bit more. Yeah, just a little bit more. He knows even today. I Give yourself a hand praise for all the, for the effort, okay? He knows what he's doing. A lot of times we think things is not working and we don't see that he's preparing us for last year. Do you remember last year, Mother's Day? Okay, are we better? <laughs> okay, we're better. He's working. Last year on Mother's Day, I was just getting back from Nigeria. Okay, and, and I was over there learning the discipline, learning the system, the different things that we have now implemented. Okay, but we're better than we were, and then next year will be better than this year. But a lot of times we'll put, the, put in the effort, and if we don't see the results immediately, we'll think that, okay, we did, what are we doing wrong? And that's not the case at all. I need you to see it spiritually. He's always preparing you for the next level. I just turned 44. On April the 24th, when I turn 44, he's going to be working in me 
all the way to 45. So then when I arrive at 45, I'm mature for 45. You have to see this. We have to get a spiritual eyesight. So when he says walk by faith and not by sight, you can't look at anything with your naked eye and say this is what it is. That's difficult. <laughs> it's extremely hard. But this is what the life is about. It's about losing our earthly mindset and having a heavenly one. He said, don't look at the temporal. So if, if, if it's not going to be here forever, then he says, don't focus on that. You can have a million dollars in a bank account. And then three months later, you can have zero. You can have zero, and then three months later, have a million. It's temporary. It fluctuates. Y'all remember when COVID hit? It, now it's gone. Ain't nobody, no mask, no nothing. It was temporary. But sometimes it will stay focused. I still see people wearing their mask. <laughs> you still see people wearing their mask. Why? Because they, their, their mind is stuck in the temporary. It's stuck in the earth realm. We have to elevate our thinking. We have to elevate our thinking. And that's what this whole transplant, heart transplant series is about. And so we're going to get into our teaching for today. The series is heart transplant. And once again, the purpose is to receive the heart or a heart that can absorb all that the Father has for us. The purpose of us teaching on this series is so that we can receive all that the Father has for us. As long as we have a stony heart, our heart will not absorb what he has for us. And he'll continually give us visions. He'll continually give us prophetic words. But we'll never be able to absorb that. And it'll just be words to our ears, but it'll never be a life that we will actually seek after. Amen. Now, the purpose is to absorb the relationship. We've been reconciled. How many can honestly say that they've absorbed that? That no matter what goes on in your life, when you think about God, you see him as your father. No matter in mischief, in sin, or just doing it right. When the rubber meets the road, do you in your mind see him as your father or do you revert back to God and hope he don't crucify you, kill you, take away your blessings? We have to absorb this, that we have a predestined purpose. When you absorb that, you're going to get up every morning. Come on. When you absorb it, when it is in your heart and it becomes, you're going to get up every morning and you're going to seek the one that has your destiny in his hand. You're going to seek the one that has your destiny in his hands. We don't want to just teach. The Bible says that, and, and I, I had a scripture here, the Bible says that we have to go from being hearers to doers. <laughs> we have to go from being hearers to doers. It, we have to get to the place where we understand, okay, we have a predestined purpose. We have to get to the place where we He's given us so many visions. This is what you're going to be. This is where I see myself. 
He's given us gifts and talents and abilities, but we don't lock into the vision. We don't have a heart for the vision that he's given us so we never see provision. We never see provision because we don't have a heart for the vision that he's given us. We can't believe it (laughs) that he would do this for us. And so we we haven't absorbed it, so he can't send resources. So today's teaching or lesson will be called the transplant and the orphan heart. The transplant and the orphan heart. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Verse 10 But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. So he said that he searches all hearts. He searches all hearts. Now, remember what I just said. Reconciliation. God is my heavenly father. He searches our heart to see, have you absorbed that? Because until you absorb that, I can't give you this. This is a what? Faith walk. And with it being a faith walk, we have to believe what he said. (laughs) It says he examines the secret motives the secret motives of our heart. Of all hearts, he examines the secret motives. So it doesn't matter what we say with our lips. Only thing that matters to him is where is the heart at? Where is the heart at? We ask for things, and the moment we ask for it, he has to look at us and say, okay, where is your heart at? Ezekiel 11 and 19. It says, and I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. And I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Now, this transplant is totally for restoration. The whole purpose of the transplant is for restoration. He's telling Israel, I want to give you a new heart so I can give you everything that I predestined you to have. This is the whole purpose for the transplant. And so I can give you everything that I predestined. I've already spoken it into existence. It's sitting back and it's waiting for your heart to conform to the image of my son. He said, I will give them one heart, one heart. So the heart isn't just for you and for your stuff. The heart is to bring us together. That's a whole nother conversation. So he's going to give all of us one heart because he put a new spirit there. Now, we're not talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about Christ because we are now sons and daughters 
He has to give us one heart, and that one heart would be for what? His kingdom. That one heart would be to do what? Reveal his love. I know this is not popular. <laughs> I know it's not popular because it attacks your mind. It attacks your life. I tell people, look, all the time, in, in, in this world today, you don't have to worry about what everybody else think about you because everybody is just self-conscious about themselves. <laughs> That's why I say in this church, you rarely hear me tell you, look at your neighbor and say this. No, all you got to do is look at yourself. You don't need to, the Bible says he searched all hearts. You don't need to search nobody's heart but your own. <laughs> we don't need to try to look and say what somebody else's heart is. No, we need to just sit back and search our hearts for the purpose of getting everything that he has for us. Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. Now, I told you this transplant was for total restoration. He's trying to restore us. What Adam lost, he's trying to get it back to us. But even in getting back to us, getting it back to us, he's letting us know I can I did my job. I sent the ransom. I sent my son to die. Because my son died on the cross for you, you can now come, believe and come into the family. Now, because you are my child, I released the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Now. Your work is going to be seeking me, asking me, getting in your word, practicing righteousness. Amen? Amen. That's why I'm telling you, you can't do it at a low level. You have to do this at a high level. You have to make sure that when you get up in the morning, that is your focus. Because one thing that, that I am learning, even in, even in ministry, even in parenting, even in being a husband, is that things are always coming to distract us. And when the distraction is gone, you know what you did? You just missed the opportunity to move forward in the spirit. When the distraction is all done, <laughs> when you've been upset, they said what they said, and, and the, the people have called you, and they put this thing on your mind, and then when you finally figure out that, oh, it wasn't really nothing, you've spent so much time focused on that thing. And... In this walk, time is the only thing you can't get back. You can get money all day. But time, you cannot get back. So John, chapter 14, verse 1. I think this is some of the most uh, misunderstood scriptures. Um, especially if you come from a Baptist community. And it reads, do not let your heart be troubled. Now, right there. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, he's about to say something. It's the reason why he made this statement. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If there were not so, I would have told you. Because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you will be 
there you also will be. Now, for years, they had us thinking that Jesus was going to heaven. And <laughs> no, this is what happens when you don't think spiritually. Because for years, they had us thinking that Jesus was going to heaven to build a place so that when we get there, we will have somewhere to live. And then, so, be, but behind that action was just sit back and wait and do good until the Lord comes and so that you can get in. And that is what had the church stagnant. Because if I'm just waiting, like I, my perfect analogy, if I go to work and I can't, I'm just sitting there and I can't do nothing, I'm just sitting there and I'm waiting to go home. Nothing's getting done. Nothing's getting done. You at work, oh, I can't wait to go home. Oh, I can't wait to go home. I cannot wait to go home. Man, I cannot, look at the clock, I cannot wait to go home. Every conversation, man, when we go home, nothing is getting done. And so this is the reason why nothing's getting done in the planet and why the church is waiting to get to heaven. Satan is running rampant through the church and through, er through every neighborhood, through every city, through every state. And the, and the father said, I put y'all there to dominate. That's the total opposite of what we were taught. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you also will be. Jesus was taking a position of power so that we can join him now. When Jesus died on the cross, they laid him in the grave. When he resurrected, the scriptures say that, they, that, he was, they, that he went to the right hand of the father, which is a place of power. Now, why do I know that this is the truth? Because verse 6. Now, why would Jesus make that statement and talk about, in my father's house, there are many mansions? Now, what they're really saying, what, what he's really saying, in my father's house, in my father's family, there's a place for you. Do the studying. In my father's house, house means family. He said, there's many places, there's many dwelling places. If it was not so, I would not have told you. Which takes us back to the reason why the Bible exists is because God wants to be a father. My wife was telling me this morning about the elephant room. Y'all heard of that? She was telling me about it this morning. I said, I want to go on there. I would love to go on there because they're on there, they're debating scriptures. And... Watch it and see how many of, ah, I can't say, I don't want to say it like that. How many of pastors, teachers have a good idea of why the Bible? Why the Bible exists? Okay, I want you to listen. Listen to Christendom. Listen to all these. How often do you hear why the Bible exists? We're not here just to serve Jesus Christ. We're not here to come and just talk about somebody died on the cross. That is unproductive. 
That is an unproductive conversation. If we just sit here and talk about Jesus dying on the cross, every Sunday we're going to talk about Jesus died on the cross. And if you don't get it right, you're going to go to hell. Jesus said, in my father's house, in my father's family, in my father's family, there's many places. If it was not so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place that where I am, you can come with me. You can be with me. Now, I'm going somewhere. Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the father except through me. So now if his statement was just to get us to heaven, why would he be trying to get us to the Father now? The goal is to get to the Father. Jesus died on the cross so that we could get back in the relationship. I know y'all know this, but I have to say it every Sunday. I have to say it because it has to be embedded in your mind the why. Because Satan can talk to you all, he, he can talk to you until you understand the why. I told you earlier this week, boy, I, I mean, when I tell you Satan was attacking, he was attacking, he was attacking. And my solution to it is putting him in his position by first understanding my place. You can't put Satan in his place until you understand your place. If you don't understand where you're positioned, you can't put him in his place. Once you know that you have no keys, the keys of the kingdom of heaven have been given to us that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever we loosed on earth will be loose in heaven. You have to know that Christ already took the keys to hell and the grave. You have to know, the Bible said that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Then he turns around. So if, if all power has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth, then who else has power in earth? Nobody but the church. Now, why do I say that? Because Let's keep going. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Now, the goal is to come to the Father. Jesus said that, he said, I'm the way to the Father. I'm the truth about the Father. I'm the life in the Father. The moment you can make that statement, this is a we are statement. <laughs> this is a mature statement. You all right, Terry? <laughs> He said, I am the way to the Father, the truth about the Father, and the life in the Father. Then he says that nobody can come to the Father except through me. Through me means that he's the point of approval. He's the point of approval. But now look at where he starts off at. He starts off saying that in my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place that where I will be, you're going to be there also. Then he goes and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why they didn't teach us that scripture with that? <laughs> it's, only, it's only three scriptures down. 
That's why you have to read in context. Anybody can take a scripture and read it and, and create a whole doctrine. They can only do it if you're not reading, if you're not praying. That's why me personally, I'm, look, I'm not intimidated by other people learning. That's why everything my wife tells me I give away too much of my stuff. If I know it, I want you to know it. If I know it, I want you to know it. Oh, I don't want to know it to know more than you. I want, to know, I want you to know it because we need to become one. I don't need the whole information back so I can keep my job. He says, I'm going to prepare a place that where I am, you will be also. Now, his death on the cross was him leaving to go to another place. Us being born again was him coming again. He said, so that when we were born again, we will be with him. So the moment that we are born again, we are with him. Why do I say that? The Bible says that he is seated at the right hand. Then it tells us that we are seated with him. He became an heir to God. We became joint heirs. Because he was a son, we had to become children. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in the world right now. This is a transplant. I said all that to get y'all to see that this is a transplant. Because he didn't just place us with him, he also placed us in him. It's a transplant. John, chapter 15, verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Now, remember this. This is John, chapter 15. <laughs> the scripture I just read before was John, chapter 14. So in John chapter 14, he's inviting us into the family. Then he's telling us that he's the way to get to the, to the father. Then in the very next chapter, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So he's letting us know that the father is the husbandman and that he is the vine, but he is not only the vine, he's the true vine. He's the true vine because Adam was the original vine. Adam was the original vine that we were supposed to be attached to. When Adam fell and he sinned and he died spiritually, there was no vine for us to connect to, to get to the father. He's the true vine because he's the only way to the Father. He just told us that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Then he says I'm the true vine. Then he says whatever branch is in me. Renee, he said he only, the Father only tends to every branch that's in him. <laughs> that's a transplant. He only tends to the vines that are in him.
The father is the husbandman. He, he tends to everything attached to the vine. The husbandman, Abba, prunes, cuts back. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So now, if the father is the husbandman or the gardener, the vine dresser, all right? He's the one that does the pruning, right? Okay. He's the one that does the feeding, right? Okay. He the one, he's the one that tills the soil, right? So he's also the one that grafted us in. He's also the one that grafted us in. Jesus said he is the true vine and we are the branches. He's the true vine. We are the branches. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I told you maturity comes in three levels. First, you learn a way. Then you learn the truth. Then you learn a life. First, you're born again. Then you're filled with the spirit. Then you're quickened by the spirit. That's why even in this church arena, even in, 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 uh, as a spiritual leader dealing with a congregation, the Bible says, watch this, that I have the authority to use the word to do three things, to teach, to correct, and to rebuke. Now, you can only do those depending on the level. When people first learn a way, you can't rebuke that. You can't rebuke them. When people know, first learn the truth, you can't rebuke them. But when they get into the life, you can rebuke them. The Bible says we can use the word to teach, to correct, and to rebuke. It's levels, Chad. Some people, you can teach them. Some people, you can correct them. And then some people, you can rebuke them. You can't rebuke everybody and you can't correct everybody. Why? Because it comes with growth. It's all depending, watch this, are they connected to the vine? When you're connected to the vine, you look for correction. When you're fully connected to the vine, you can absorb a rebuke. But when you're not connected to the vine, your feelings come up. Your thought process go, come on, we go right back to how we think, don't we? It shows that we're not connected. And because we're not connected, we can't absorb. Because the Father is the one that grafts us in, right? Okay, this is the transplant. We have been grafted into Christ. Grafting is a type of transplant. Romans 11, chapter 6, Romans 11, verse 16. It says, now if the first fruits are holy, so is the whole batch. It says, if the root is holy, so are the branches. It says, now if some of the branches were broken off and you Though a wild olive branch, talking about us, Gentiles, were grafted in among them 
and have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree, do not boast that you are better than those branches. Now, he was telling the Gentiles, look, I'm about to graft you in, and when you get grafted in, don't act like you better than the Jews that I had to cut off. He cut the Jews off. This is what he did, because Jesus said, I am divine. He didn't say, I'm the tree. So when he came and died on the cross and resurrected, there was no branches attached to him. Why? Because the Jews are the one that took him out. There were no branches attached. He says, but do not boast that you are better than those branches. But if you do boast, you do not. He said, but if you do boast, you do not sustain the root, but the root sustains you. So the whole purpose of us being attached, I'm going to say this again, to the vine is so we can pull from the root. If I graft you in, the process of grafting is that you have to cut a lip in a tree, you have to take a branch from a, another tree, and you place that branch in there, and then you patch it up. And then you leave it, and you wait, and it has to sit there, it has to remain, because it has to grow into it. If I remove it before it grows into it, it cannot get the life that's in the tree. This is why fellowship is important. This is why the word is important. You can come to church. If you come to church once a month, you're never going to be grafted into Christ. If you, if you don't open your word every day, you'll never be grafted into Christ. That's why we have so many thought processes that are not in God, but they're in the church. They're even pastors. Come on, they're prophets, they're evangelists, they're teachers, but they have not been grafted in. Why? Because they have not sat there in the word long enough to absorb the rich roots. He verse 17, he says, and you, though a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them and have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree. The Bible said that Jesus being poor, rich became poor, that through his poverty we may become rich. We may become. What could stop us? Not allowing the grafting to take place. Not allowing the transplant to take place. When he put Adam and Eve on this planet, he put them in a garden. <laughs> Verse 23. It says, and even they, if they do not remain in unbelief, will be grafted in because God has the power to graft them in again. So who has the power to graft it? The Father. The Father has the power to graft us in. He has the power to cut off. Jesus said every branch that is in him that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. I don't have a revelation for that. I don't have a revelation for that. But he said every branch in him that does not bear fruit, he cuts it off. But every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it. He cuts it back so it can grow some more. Verse 24, this is the transplant. He says, if you were cut off 
from your native wild olive tree and against nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Now, what I want you to see is he says, if you were cut off a native wild olive tree. So that's where we came from. We came from Adam stock. We were cut off of Adam's lives, of Adam's stock. The tree of Adam, we were cut off from him. A wild olive tree, which means nobody tended to it. Nobody took care of it. That's why he said we were placed and grafted into a cultivated one. So now that you have been grafted into this one, he says, it is my job to take care of you. I'm going to cultivate everything that is in this tree. That's why he says anything that is not in this tree, that is not in his vine, that is not attached to him, he says he takes it away. So if you don't want to grow, <laughs> he won't make you. He's not going to force you to grow, but he's letting you know that if you don't want to be cultivated, eventually you're going to fall off. So as a human born in sin, shaping in iniquity, I was grafted into Christ. Amen. Now, watch that. Can you absorb that? Can your heart absorb that? Don't just say it out your mouth. Don't just say it. Can your heart absorb that? Do you really feel with all of your heart that you have been grafted into him and you are a part of him? Now, to graft is to cut into for the sake of inserting a scion. Now, to be grafted is to cut into for sake of inserting a scion. Now, this is important. Scion, S-C-I-O-N. Now, this word has several different meanings. In horticulture, which deals with trees, it is to detach living portions of a plant joined to a stock in grafting. So, it is to cut a, a living tree off, a, a cut a branch off another tree, and, and graft it into another tree. That's one meaning of it. The second meaning means to receive property from an ancestor or an inheritance. <laughs> so to be grafted is to cut into for the sake of inserting a scion. Now, a scion, the word scion is similar to the word heir. The difference is when you're dealing with an heir, you're dealing with one who receives property from an ancestor or, no, hold on, let me stand right. Okay. No, when you're dealing with the word heir, you're dealing with a child who inherits something. Okay, you're dealing with some, uh, a child that inherits something. Whether big or small, whether modest or significant, that's all it means to be an heir. Which means somebody can die and you can just get a pair of shoes. You are their heir. But to be a scion, 
It means to be an heir to wealth, nobility, and influence. So he's not just cutting us off a wild olive tree and inserting us and we're just joint heirs. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're joint heirs with nobility, with wealth, with influence. That's why he keeps telling us you need the mind of Christ. <laughs> you need the mind of Christ. Because you've been inserted in something and in this family you have to think like royalty. <laughs> you have to think like nobility. You have to carry yourself as one who has influence. This is why he says you are light. <laughs> you are salt. We are being grafted into royalty. You are a royal priesthood. You are the children of a king. We're grafted into a tree that expects us to be holy, which means this, that evil doesn't influence us, it doesn't inhabit us, and it doesn't intimidate us. This is the transplant. This is why the Bible says that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Because if the branch is removed from the tree too early, and there is no connection, then there is no life being placed in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. If you never get the mind of Christ, you never get your inheritance. Y'all heard that, didn't you? <laughs> Everybody, you heard that. If you never get the mind of Christ, you never get your inheritance. You, the Bible says that we have a life that is hid in Christ. Well, how, how is it hidden? Why is it hidden? It's hidden until we get to his mind. Imagine your 10-year-old who's an heir to everything you got, you have. You decided to give that 10-year-old everything that it has right now. It's a disaster. So he's telling us that we have to develop our mind in order to receive. Just like he told Israel, he said, look, I'm going to give you a one heart I'm going to remove the heart that doesn't absorb, and I'm going to give you a heart that does absorb for the sole purpose of giving you the land. Because once you get the land, now you have to maintain it. Now you have to live from it. Now you have to represent me in it. So the purpose of the connection is so that you can pull from the root, which is the father. Now. What does this have to do with the orphan heart? Because adoption is a type of transplant, right? It's us being grafted into a new family. This is the whole purpose of the explanation. I'm the vine, you are the branches. What is he saying? 
I'm the son, I'm the representative, and you're being adopted to come into me, to become one with me. Ephesians 1 and 5 says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Adoption is a type of transplant. We don't understand, Serena, that we have been grafted into, look, we have been pulled out of orphanage. This is the equivalent. We have been pulled out of orphanage, Renee, and we have been brought into a king's palace, and we're still acting like we're from the hood. There's a transplant has happened. But the, you all right, Chad? <laughs> the transplant has happened. But the problem is now is we have to make sure that our mind is aligning with what he said we have. Mm. Romans chapter 9 verse 4. It says, who are Israelites? To whom pertains the adoption? Now, to whom pertains the adoption? The glory, the covenant, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. So, because we have been adopted, the glory belongs to us. The covenant belongs to us. The giving of the law or the rules and regulations of his household belong to us. The service of God. It, it is our job to build the church. And the promises. Everything that comes with that. That's why the scripture said, watch this. Absorption test. The Bible said he has given us all things pertaining unto life and godliness. The Bible said he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Have we absorbed that? Is that our life thought? Is that our thought process? Or do every time we don't have, we go try to get it ourselves? He said he has already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. But he said it comes through the knowledge of Christ. He has already given us, the Bible said he has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you absorb that? Have you absorbed that? Is that your heart? Is that your thought process? Or when you don't have, do you, do your, does your heart bring about a different emotion? You ever had one of those moments where you did something and uh, and you thought all was lost? Okay, yeah. money is our favorite one, right? 
Okay, you ever lost like $1,000? Okay, and <laughs> the Terry. <laughs> and you thought all was lost. Okay, we just had an incident. <laughs> Ooh, can I tell? Huh, I can tell? Thank you. So, the illustrious Dr. Hardy was led by the spirit to invest in a stock. She was on point with the stock. Okay, she hit the stock, $1,700 one day. She got nervous, she pulled it. <laughs> the next day, she put 10000 in there, and it shot up. Probably got to like 30,000. 30, I tell Dr. Hardy, put the stop loss on. Did she listen to me? Absolutely not. Woke up the next day. I called her. I said, did you put a stop loss on that stock? Oh, no. It's okay. I said, no, it's not. Look at the stock. She came back. It was at negative 2,000. Can you imagine how she felt? Now, as her husband, you would think this is the right time to, girl, did not. Nope. It's money. You know what I told her? Don't even worry about it. We'll get it back. Amen. It's money. But you got to understand, your initial thought is your faith. Her heart dropped to her stomach. It took about two, three days to recover from it. Okay? Understandable, right? But we have to get to a place where as soon as that happened, we not worry about it. Why? It's money. It's just money. He can replace that. As her leader, I have to make sure that she knows that. I can't, girl, you should have, whoop, whoop. Nope, don't worry about it. We'll get that back. What am I saying? Your initial response lets you know your heart. He's trying to get us to a place where we can absorb what he says that no matter what situation or circumstance transpires, we're locking step with what he says, that we have the mind of Christ. Jesus got these people. He took his disciples all the way away from every grocery store. They came to him and said, these people have been following us for a while. Now, it was 5,000 men. That wasn't counting women and children. And he says to them, feed them. The disciples said, but if we do, we got to go all the way back, three-day walk to a store, and then we got to come back. They said, by the time we do that, the food will be spoiled. Now, Jesus knew that. He's trying to shift their mind and get them out of natural thinking. The father said, I want to give you a house. Why do you think loan first? 
Why you think bank first? Is there no other way that he can get you a house other than going through a bank? He knew that thought process. He's trying to break him from it. He didn't say, I'm going to feed him. You feed him. Which now they got to do what? They got to, we got to see what, they got to start thinking. <laughs> How can we feed 5,000 men plus women and children and we don't have no, we don't have, first of all, we don't have the money. Secondly, we're nowhere near a grocery store. And with no Instacart. And he, then he, he takes a little boy lunch, looks up to heaven, and feeds. See, we don't think we can do that, do we? That has to absorb one day. If it's going to transpire, it has to absorb. That you can eat without going to the grocery store. That you can take what you have in your... Paul meets the Shulamite woman. <laughs> all, she said, all I got is a jar of oil. He said, get everything you can get to pour oil in. He pours the oil, and the oil keeps pouring. It keeps pouring. It keeps pouring until she runs out of vessels. We have to absorb this stuff. It has to get in us that this is a spiritual life. When I tell you, take your spiritual life serious. Peter, Jesus comes to Peter and says, no, let's not do that one. Yeah, let's do that one. He comes to Peter and tells Peter, we know we got to pay taxes, but this is how I want you to get the tax money. I want you to go down to a lake, and I want you to catch a fish, and inside the mouth of a fish is the money to pay the taxes. Can you absorb that? If the father gave you those instructions, Chad, I want you to, I know you need to pay your rent. I want you to go down to the lake and I want you to catch a fish and inside of that fish mouth will be your rent money. See if you grab that pole. He's trying to break us from doing things in a natural way. Watch this. Why didn't you just ask Matthew? Why would he ask a fisherman to go catch a fish to get money when he's hanging with a tax collector? Fishermen don't catch fish to get money. Why is he rolling with Luke and healing everybody? Luke's a doctor. Get the prescription from him. But he's showing us this ain't how we do healing in heaven. It's a different thought process. And then one day, watch this. High five me, Ola. Go ahead. Boom. One day, you're going to get to the point where you're not going to take medicine. You're going to get to that place where a headache don't mean aspirin. My stomach hurt don't mean melanta. <laughs> you're going to get to a place where you absorb because people came to Jesus with leprosy and he touched them. And you can't get that at Walgreens. Can we absorb that? 
We have to in this new family. I'm all off topic. Let's keep going. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 15. We're still on the adoption. It says, for if you did not receive, it says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage to fear again, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So the spirit of adoption is a type of baptism. You know what the Bible talks about? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. The spirit of adoption is a type of baptism. It's an immersion of his presence. That's why I keep trying to tell y'all the Holy Spirit, we have, we have dwindled the Holy Spirit down to being a person that lives in everybody. And we don't see it as a ministry that we can live from and live through. He said, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit, the spirit of adoption. Now, by whom we cry, what? Uh, not Jehovah Jireh, not Jehovah Nisi, not Jehovah Shalom. Abba. If you take up every name of God and you add them together, it equals father. They just couldn't do that in the Old Testament. <clears throat> they didn't have the right. They didn't have the authority. They didn't have Christ. That's why he said you did not receive a spirit of bondage. Watch this again. Again, to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, this is a formula for nurturing the, the transplant. As children of God, we have to eat from the one that adopted us. We cannot eat from an Old Testament covenant. You cannot go and you can, there is no peace in Jehovah. The peace is now in the relationship with your father. If that has not absorbed, that's why there's no peace. Can we agree on that? If you have no peace, it's because it has not absorbed that this is my father. And you can say it out your mouth as much as you want to. It don't mean you believe it. What is going to prove that you believe it or not is the situations and circumstances that you encounter. It's my last scripture. It says, James, chapter 1, verse 21. I'm all over the place today. Probably all over the place all the time. Because you don't, know, you don't know who you're ministering to, especially when you had a podcast. So you, don't know who, you don't know who you're ministering to. You don't know why you're saying things. James chapter 1, verse 21 says, Wherefore, having put aside all filthiness and superabundance of evil. <laughs> superabundance of evil. Wow. That's a different level, ain't it? <laughs> it says, in meekness, in meekness, be receiving the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. It just don't sound right reading it like that. It says, wherefore, having put aside all filthiness and superabundance of evil, in meekness, be receiving the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. 
and become you ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Now, so proof of the absorption is that you are receiving the engrafted word. Now, what is the engrafted word? The engrafted word means that me being a wild olive branch was taken from another tree, placed into a cultivated olive branch, and I remained there so long that I became one with it. No separation. And now I only eat from the source I'm attached to. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We only eat from what we're attached to. Y'all hear me? I want you to know because when evil come out your mouth, you only eat, you only, you're eating from something other than Christ. When evil is in your heart, what does it let us know? That either the grafting has not take place because we're not receiving the engrafted word. That's what I told you. You can come here, you can sit every Sunday and the word not penetrate your heart. We can go on the streets right now. We can ask many people, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. You go to church? No, we all the church. You ain't got to go to the building. Now, what is that proof of? Somebody who's not engrafted. <laughs> How do we know? Because the Bible tells us not to forsake the fellowship. The Bible tells us to be of one mind, to be of one heart. We can't be of one mind and one heart if you don't show up. <laughs> so he says, wherefore having put aside, now I, I'm saying this for a reason, put aside. You have to put aside all filthiness and superabundance of evil and then you have to receive with meekness. This is the formula. You have to put aside one thing to receive the other. I have to recognize this is, that this is not God. This is not my father. He does not do it this way. Then I have to put it aside in order for me to receive. With meekness, humility. I have to come, be, I have to be attached to the vine like I don't know nothing but what's in him. And then it says that when you receive the engrafted word, the engrafted word saves your soul. The engrafted word saves your soul. How does the engrafted word save your soul? Because the word is always working on your mind and your heart. And it's always telling you to be like Christ. And I say that because you know what we do sometimes? We get to a place sometimes where we think that what we're going through gives us permission to be ungodly. Because they made you mad, you detached yourself from the, bread, from the vine to prove a point. You, th that don't come out your mouth if you're attached. Come on. The issue is, is that we're not receiving the engrafted word because our thought process is not to be in him. It's to be ourself. Do you. <laughs> I'm going to do me. 
Well, that's the reason why it can't be us. That's the number one reason for divorce. Come on. It's two people don't want to be one. It's a fight. So the proof of the engrafted is absorption. Because if you're attached to the tree, you will bear fruit, right? And this is the thing. I can take a limb off of an apple tree and I can attach it to an orange tree and that limb would no longer, if, if it if remains there, that limb would no longer grow apples and it will only grow oranges. That's why he said, if you're in me, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to start looking like me eventually. You're going to start producing the same thing I am. Why? Because the whole purpose of being attached to the vine is to get what's in the root, the father. That's why he said, you can only come through me to get to the father. In chapter 17 of John, Jesus said, Talking to the Father in his prayers, as me and you are one, I want them to be one with me. Just like me and you are one, I want them to be one with me. Paul said the same thing. For all, everybody you, pre, you foreknew, you predestined to conform to the image of your son, so they will be the firstborn of many brethren. He's the cornerstone, and we're expected to be the living stones. Everything, if, if you constantly read the Bible, it's telling you the same thing over and over and over and over. Jesus is the king of kings. He comes to the children of Israel and tells them, I want you to be my kingdom priest. It's telling us the same thing over and over again. The Old Testament is letting us know that he could not do it through, he could not do it through anything that was not attached to Christ. So, the proof of absorption is, I mean, the proof of engrafting is absorption. The proof of absorption is fruit. The purpose of the transplant is so that we can absorb. So I got five scriptures, I wanna read them to y'all. The Bible says that he predestined us to adoption. Can you absorb that? If you can absorb that, you have no problem putting on a new man. If you can't absorb that, you have a difficult time putting on a new man. The Bible says that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Can you absorb that? That every blessing is already there, or do you have a mindset, watch this, he going to bless me. He's not going to bless you. He's already blessed you. See, conversation reveals understanding. Oh, he going to bless me. He going to bless me. No, it's already yours. <laughs> He's not going to bless you. He's already blessing you. He's waiting for you to conform. Conformity gets it. Conformity is what gets you the prize. Conformity is what brings it to you. He's not bringing anything to you. It's already predestined. You just have to conform to get it. 
Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's all you have to do. You just have to get in the word and make sure that my mind aligns with my heavenly father. And the more my mind aligns with my heavenly father, the Bible says, watch this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and that stuff comes to you. It's added. It's added. I know I put, look, I know I put some expectations on y'all. The reason why I put the expectations on y'all because the, the, let's be, let's be honest. Church life is seeking the kingdom. Right? It's seeking, church life is seeking the kingdom. Souls, us praying together, studying the word, practicing righteousness, that's seeking the kingdom, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. The more we absorb, the more we absorb the truth, we become kingdom seekers. The more we have, if we have not absorbed it, the first thing we do is seek how we can get it on our own. And you can get caught in that rat race of let me do this to get a promotion. When the Bible says that promotion <laughs> does not come from the south, the east, or the west. It comes from the north. It comes from him. You don't have to, you ain't got to brown nose nobody to get ahead. You're predestined. But you haven't absorbed it. <laughs> so you're nervous around your boss because you think your boss has your well-being in their hands. Shanika, sometimes they have to take it away so you will know where it's coming from. Sometimes he has to remove it so you will know where it's coming from. You ain't got no bad luck. The, the process of becoming a father, a child of God is going to have to, is saying this, the father is going to have to remove you from earthly thinking. And I got to get you to depend on me. So sometimes you got to go through it, go through it, go through it until your mind shifts to him. And you're only going through because your mind's still on earthly things. You still calculating that if they, give, if they do this for me, then this will happen. No, <laughs> you have no idea. what is already available for you. You are the righteousness of God. Have you absorbed that? You're not trying to be right. You are the righteousness. When he looks at you, he say, you're mine. Just like you look at your children, he looks at you. Even more defined. That's why he say, you being evil know how to give good gifts. Come on. <laughs> you, mankind being evil knows how to give good gifts. If Summer asks you for some bread, you're not going to give her a stone. So why would you think your father would do that? I'll tell you why. It hasn't absorbed. Jesus became poor so that through his poverty, I can become rich. Who's seeking riches? You, <laughs> it's a good one. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares. Have you absorbed that? Do you think that you can cast your stuff on the Father and just leave it there? 
or do you give it to them and then take it back? <laughs> Your health is dependent on this. You know humans are not meant to stress? We are not meant to stress. Cause is cortisone. One more. Hmm. Come here, Serena. Oh, Dr. Hardy. Come here. Give me a mic. Yeah, come up here. You get that. Yeah, you come up here. With we finna have some fun. Let's have some fun. Y'all want to have some fun right quick? Come on. <coughs> you get to hold that. You come right here. You stand right here. You're going to hold the mic so they, that they hear her. Now, Serena is a deliverance minister. Let me show you a deliverance technique. You can have this one. It's on me. Okay, the water is her. You get on the other side of her, Dr. Hardy. Now, the proof, remember, the proof of engrafting is absorption. Now, I'm going to show you something that you can do at home in your own time to deliver yourself from situations and, and wrong thinking, all right? Now, what I want you to do is, okay, you ain't got no, good, you ain't get your nails done yet. All right, put, your, put the, put the uh, sponge in there. Now, that sponge represents the heart that absorbs. Amen? Amen. Let it get full. Okay, now what you're going to do is you're going to read this, and every time you read it, you're going to squeeze it in that bucket. Okay. okay? Now I'm going to hold it. You go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Hebrews 13 and 5. I will. Yeah, just, okay. just I say will, he. Just he will never leave you, nor will I ever you, abandon you. Use your hand. This, this is how I want you to do it. He would never leave me or forsake me. You better use both of them because you're going to be there all day. <laughs> he will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. You know it. He will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. He will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. He will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. He will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. Turn the music up, son. Turn up the music, son. This is how you get the word in you. He will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. 
never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. That's how you get the word in you. That's why I tell you confess scriptures. Get it out. Get it out. He will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. Now that's how that's how your heart has to absorb. Okay? He will never leave me, nor will he ever abandon me. Now. Put that in there. Leave it, leave it in there. That's your heart in there. Now pick it up. Pick up the, no, no, pick up the bucket. Now she carries that. Come on. Okay. Now she carries that. Come on. It's in her. Yes. Nobody can ever tell her that he's going to abandon her. Yes. Why? Because she carries that. Now she has a testimony. All right. <laughs> we have come to know and believe the love Abba has for us. Amen. You put it down. You have to put the word in you, confess scripture until it becomes a testimony. Until it becomes a testimony. He would never leave me or forsake me. The time was Satan is fighting your mind, he would never leave me or forsake me. He would never leave me or forsake me. Get the scriptures that speak to the situation. He would never leave me or forsake me. Then you go into testimony after, after a while. I have come to know and believe yes. the love that the Father has for me. Amen. Or you become like Paul. Well, Paul said, I am fully persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Whether it starts with absorption, it ends with testimony. Amen. Jesus said in John 15 and 9, he said, as the Father has loved me, I also love you. Remain in that love. Let me see that. That's how you deliver yourself. There ain't a prayer on this planet that can put the word in you. Amen? Now, I'm going to give this quick story, and then I'm done. Jesus is telling the story of, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus is telling the story of the parable of the lost son. Now, most of the time we read it, it says the prodigal son. Okay? But Jesus is telling the story of a lost son. We tend to think that he's just talking about the one that left with his inheritance. But both sons were lost. Okay? Both sons were lost. And so you, Jesus sitting here telling this story, but watch this. He's the example of what a son is telling the story. And he tells the first story of, of, of the son that takes his inheritance. 
blows it on trifling living, and then returns back to the Father. When he returns back to the Father, he comes before him and says, I just want to be a servant. I just want to be a servant. The Father does not even listen to him. The Father turns to the servant and says, quick, go get him a robe, go get him rings, go get him sandals, let's celebrate him. You have to be able to hear your father. Jesus is telling his story. Then you have the other son. The other son gets jealous and mad because they're celebrating the son that just got returned. And he tells him, he said, I've been slaving for you for years. I've been coming to church. I've been doing all this. He says, son, everything that you have is mine. He said, everything that I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. This is the two mindsets that are in the church today. Those are two sons that did not absorb the fact that they were right there in the kingdom with their father. You have these two type of people in the church. You have the people who take their gifts and run from the church. And then you have the people who sit in the church, come to church, but still don't know that everything that the father has belongs to them. And Jesus is telling the story as a, what a true son of God represents. What's the issue? The issue when they didn't have a father. Come on, right? The issue when they didn't have an inheritance. The issue when they didn't have nowhere to live. The issue was the absorption. When the first son asked for his inheritance, the Bible said he gave him to both of them. He gave it to both of them. So both of those sons are sitting in the king, have a heavenly father that is a king, and neither one of them have absorbed it. The whole kingdom belongs to them. This is where we are right now. This is where we are right now as a church. This is, this is where we are right now as the body of Christ. We have a heavenly father, but we don't know that everything that he has belongs to us. That's why I have to tell you, if Jesus said all power belongs to me in heaven and on earth, why would we be scared of Satan? Because we have not absorbed that. Listen to the word. Listen to the podcast. Study the word. And remember when we first started this ministry and I kept telling y'all, you're going to have to take six months away from everything you do and just focus on the word. And you're going to have to do this until your mind conforms. Amen? Amen. All right, we done. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Let us stand, and, and, and I'm going to pray over the, over the meal, over the word. Um, are you up today? It's Terry. Okay. No, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. Um, I really want us to get a focus, okay? I want us to get a focus for these next three months, all right? For these next three months. I know we all got stuff going on, but we need to get focused, okay? Because when this next batch of people come in here, remember what I said, walk by faith, not by sight, yes. all right? What it look like now? 
I'm telling you, the dreams and the things the Father have been showing us in the Spirit, it's about to get crowded. Okay, it's about to get crowded. But the thing about it is, the Father needs us to show them what it looks like to be children that actually believe. So for this next three months, I want you to go hard as you can in prayer. For this next three months, the next time Satan confronts you with a conversation about anything, I want you to go to the scriptures. If you don't have a scripture, search it out. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Father, reveal your heart to us, Father. Reveal your way to us, Father. Reveal your truth to us, Father. Reveal your love to us, Father. Father, reveal your kingdom to us, Father. Open our eyes.